I'm Justin Gerhardt. And I'm Eddie Fritz. Welcome to the Queer Network Podcast. Join us as we explore queer in the 21st century. I have Brandon Beeson joining me, who is also from Toronto. How old are you, Brandon? I'm 18. 18 yes. years old, openly gay. When did you first come out? Surprisingly, it's been a little while. It's been about four years ago now. Okay. So when you were it, 14? Yes. Yes. What was that like coming out at 14? It was terrifying. Okay. <laughs> it was honestly, it was very scary, but I felt like I really needed to. I knew like probably around grade seven, eight, mm-hmm. I kind of had, I had a feeling. Yeah. Well, I didn't have a feeling. I knew. And I was like, I, cause like I hated being closeted cause okay. I, I knew who I was, but I felt like I was just trapped because I wasn't being who I was. I feel like I was just afraid of more of who, what my love one, my loved ones would say okay. about me being gay, uh-huh. which luck. I was very fortunate that I have an amazing family that they support me okay. with everything. Okay. Everything that I've gone through and mm-hmm. just being who I am. And did I you actually, feel shame about it or did you just, you were afraid that it might change that relationship with your family? I felt like it would more change the relationship with my family, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I felt like it was a phase. Okay. I actually, when I first came out, I told everyone I was bisexual. It's a nice soft blow. Yes. It was like, that was my way of being like, okay, I can introduce them to mm-hmm. it and like see how what their reaction to it is mm-hmm. so then you tell them you're bisexual and their reaction was hey. my mom was fine she kind of she she assumed it was a phase as well okay but i definitely knew because like i would have relationships with girls and mm-hmm. even just like kissing them it's just it just it there was just a weird feeling about it where mm-hmm. it was just like i did not like it mm-hmm. at all like it almost I, I don't know how to explain the feeling of it it just it's not something you actually feel physically. Yeah, exactly. What did it feel like to have your mom bring you to Pride? I thought that was amazing. We thought that was yeah. amazing. <laughs> I think she had a better time than I did, <laughs> actually. She was like, oh my God, we're doing this. We're going here now. Oh yeah. And like when you guys, when, I, when we talked to you there, you guys mentioned the, um, the meditation place. Yes. And she was like, okay, we're going there next. Yes. And I was like, okay. I just... I'm going to check out everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, it was the best. Yeah. For all of you that are watching at home, this is exactly where we met Brandon. Um, He was on one of our episodes of Queer from the Couch. Two episodes. (laughs) Let me get that right. Two episodes of Queer from the Couch that we did for the Queer Is and the Pride Pride Is episodes. Yes. um, A few weeks ago. Pride is also that event that brings so many people together. Yeah. 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 It's the best feeling being there because you feel so safe, mm-hmm. secure, like you can be who you are. So back to the rest of your family. You have siblings? I do. I have a sister. Okay. She's 14 months younger than me. Okay. She loves me. Uh-huh. <laughs> she loves me, me being who I am. What's it been like with your dad? So with my dad is a different story. Okay. It is, um, he's not as accept as acceptive as my mother is, uh-huh. it's um, it's been actually quite hard with him. Right. Mm-hmm. And anytime I've actually mentioned anything about even me being gay, even just like symboling it, like I talked about my nails once. Right. And because um, every once in a while I like to paint my own, his reaction was, "You're gonna get a lot of hate." Right. And um, which I took as, "Yes, I will." Mm-hmm. Um, but he told me that I just need to not do it. Right. Because like that's not right. Sounds like there's 
some of a protective nature there, there, in there that there he doesn't is. want you to feel pain or doesn't want yeah. you to get hurt in some yeah. way. Yeah, there definitely is a bit. Um, also, he also doesn't seem that open to what what being gay means. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't like talking about it. Mm-hmm. My mom says that he is fine with it, but okay. he definitely makes me feel different. Right. Like, 100% with, um, like, even just kind of the way he looks at me sometimes mm-hmm. when I, like, wear certain things mm-hmm. or, I don't know. It's just, I, I just get vibes and, like, just looks that mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. So what's it like been having one parent so accepting and the other not in the same household? You still live at home with your parents? Yes. Yes, I do. So what does that energy feel like? It's very hard, Mm -hmm. actually. It's like constantly everyone's like butting heads. Mm -hmm. So what do you think will happen or what do you think could happen between your father and you? Could there be a conversation or do you think that would go nowhere? What, how do you see yourself moving forward? I feel like if he was willing to actually talk and was willing to take in a lot of the information like and, actually yeah listen. like actually absorb it mm-hmm. and you know consider yeah. some of these options and some of the things that is queer or and just different in, in just being different in general mm-hmm. maybe but he definitely does not come off as someone who will do you think he still sees it as wrong he does okay yeah and there is i think where it gets challenging having these conversations with people who fully believe that it still is something that you've chosen and that is in defiance yeah. of what is the norm yeah. and comfortable for people. And that's, again, where it becomes very hard to even try to have a conversation. Yeah. Is it a religious thing at all to him? I think it's more masculinity okay. than anything. Because mm-hmm. it's like, it's those are the times that I've seen looks. It's when I look like, I look, I have more of a feminine look mm-hmm. than masculine look. Right. He will give me like... He he just doesn't seem to like that. So he that wants much. a guy to be he, a guy. He wants a guy to be, you know, the typical guy drinking mm-hmm. beer, going to the bar, mm-hmm. watching sports. I don't actually even like sports. I don't I've never really watched any like games or anything. And the ironic thing about that statement is that there are so many gay people out there that are exactly what he just yeah, described. There are. Yeah. And that's what we are, you know, starting to realize with this queer community of people is that it's not just one type. Yeah. It is such a a plethora. Yeah. And I think what would maybe have some effect on him and somebody like him is that he meets somebody that is that. Yeah. I don't know exactly at this point what I can do to help him. Mm -hmm. I feel like he, it's more in his hands now. Right. He needs to, if he wants to have a relationship with me, Mm -hmm. he would need to kind of open his eyes a bit more. Yeah. And try to accept at least mm-hmm. um for me to do something i i don't know what what's really left right what does the word queer mean to you it's a definition for everyone mm-hmm. so everyone has their own definition of what queer is right because to me queer is whoever you are right and it's just people that aren't the norm mm-hmm. almost like do you use the word or is it not i don't very... use it that much uh-huh. um mostly because like I've kind of grown up to it as a negative word. Okay. So 
no like using the word i still get the weird negative feeling mm -hmm. when i say it mm -hmm. so i don't say it as much but i'm definitely warming up to it lately yeah. even just like being new to your community here yeah. yeah um i've heard it a lot more and it's become more of a positive right. word than negative yeah do you use the word gay like what i use gay yeah yes that's like a, the way um, you describe yeah identify yeah yeah i normally just say hey i'm gay mm -hmm. so what are the ways in which you have taken care of yourself within this process of having a parent who's accepting and not like what tools have you used to become what we see and what Ed and I have both seen as like this young man who's confident in who he is um, is not afraid to share his story how did you get to this place I actually went through a very hard phase mm -hmm. back in grade nine okay and for most of the year I was actually in a depression. Right. It was just this dark stage that I just was stuck in for mm -hmm. a while. And it was like a mix of everything, mm -hmm. including being gay. Yeah. And um, it took a while even for me to recognize what mm -hmm. I was going through. Cause, and to accept. Yeah. And to accept myself as well, what took a while. Mm -hmm. I knew I was, but accepting it was definitely difficult. It does take time and you can't give up on yourself mm -hmm. anyone who's going through what I've been or is about to they just kind of need to take a breath almost mm -hmm. just like stop and just open your eyes to everything that can help you mm -hmm. and everyone that can help you because there is always someone there there's always a way to get through something it will be hard but it will not be forever mm -hmm. and there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. What were some of the things that like really pulled you out Def to see light? I found ways that I felt would make me either happy or just feel a bit better than I was. Mm -hmm. So I, I would find things that I realized I liked. Mm -hmm. So I, I didn't know this for a while, but I actually really like meditation. And How did you even discover that? So I actually, I took myself to a therapist. Okay. And I only was there for about three sessions. Okay. And each session, she actually put me through some meditation. Okay. I realized that I really liked it. It was like a safe place for me mm -hmm. to just relax, you know, kind of clear my head from everything that's going on. And once I could figure out how to do it myself, right. it was like the perfect thing. It was almost like a peak of a way to break free from what was going on with me mm -hmm. in that moment. So that was definitely one of those. Yeah, that was like the major thing that helped me get myself out of that depression. Of the depression. Mm -hmm. And like, another thing is like, I extremely enjoy just being outside. Mm -hmm. So I would purposely go out for bike rides with my like my aunt or something mm -hmm. like that, or I go for walks, yeah. or I just even play video games. Something that I could do that I can express myself through finding things that. I enjoyed even singing. Mm -hmm. Singing was one of the main things as well yeah. that definitely helped me because it was such a release. Right. And I just felt like myself to be who I am. That is the biggest piece of advice that I'm hearing. And for any of you watching at home, that will be part of your exploration as you figure out what makes you happy, yeah. what brings you joy. And you're going to have to try things. Figure it out. There's you, always you may fail. Error. You will likely fail many yes. times. Yes. But it's not really failing. It's just oh that didn't really. It oh that didn't work. Mm -hmm. Try something new. Yeah. I want to know like what you 
think the future of social media is and and how we're using it and is it going to be the downfall of of your generation of kids or do you think that we will find a way to create some balance i feel like it depends how it's used okay there's definitely pros and cons Uh between both um but there's there's obviously it's very well known that there's a lot of Mm cyberbullying that comes for everyone Mm -hmm. i've gotten it before right with just like pictures or like i used to have an old youtube channel with like gaming Mm -hmm. i got hate from a lot of it yeah and it happens but what i use is i normally i'm like i don't know who this person is and i more than likely will never see them Mm -hmm. and they will more than likely never say something to my face absolutely because if they're saying it online it's because they're afraid to say something they're anonymous yeah what people say online very rarely would they ever have the guts to say to you in person yeah and there's where you have the choice we have the choice how to what we give meaning to yeah and I think for you guys watching at home when you experience these hateful things it is still your choice whether you believe it or not and sometimes it's hard because it just keeps hitting you in the face Um, but it is always your choice whether you want to give it meaning or not yeah so having been through all of this so far in your life um, is there a philosophy by which you live? Um, definitely being myself, mm-hmm. even like my bedroom, mm-hmm. I have changed to what I like and what I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Like if, if anyone was to walk in my room, there's model cars mm-hmm. on the wall. There's paintings of places that I love mm-hmm. and that I've been. There's mm-hmm. even like a painting that I got in Dominican made with Dominican sand Nice. that I love and which shows it it's like um an image of me mm-hmm. so everything yeah. in that room is just who i am an extension and of you yeah where do you see yourself in five years i definitely see myself doing something like if my music takes off mm-hmm. hope like i but i'm not planning on it taking off mm-hmm. it would be amazing if it did mm-hmm. plan on it if you want it i i definitely <laughs> want it but i definitely have a backup plan and what's the backup ECE is what I'm looking okay. to. An ECE is an early childhood education or something. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's like kindergarten to grade five. Yeah. And it's a teacher's assistant. So yeah. that's what I'm going to become mm-hmm. if the music thing doesn't work out. Yeah, or you can do both. But yeah, I could always do both. <laughs> you can always play yeah. music. Yeah. Yeah, I will always do music because mm-hmm. it is by far my favorite thing to do right do you see yourself as an advocate for the queer community or how do you how do you view that relationship with yourself i feel like i could be mm-hmm. definitely with a lot that i've gone through i feel like i could even help people mm-hmm. that are going through the exact same thing mm-hmm. and just people who haven't even gone through it can learn stuff yeah you could go through anything mm-hmm. and feel any sort of way and it's okay to feel that way. Right. And that's something that people need to realize. Yes. Yeah. They need to realize that it's okay to feel this way. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be upset about something. Yeah. Numbing the feelings will only last so long. Yeah. And eventually you will have to deal yeah. with it. And numbing the feelings will actually only make it worse. Mm-hmm. Because you're just bottling it up inside and it just makes the feelings a thousand times worse when you really have to deal with them even though that is often the scariest thing to do is actually feeling them because you're afraid you won't be able to handle that yeah and in fact you will yeah i know it seems like you might not (laughs) but i think from my own experience too that's it's when i actually went there yeah 
that I was actually able to move through it. I want you to know that you inspire me. And we, we are very inspired by you being here. And we are so grateful that you're allowing us to share this, your story with the world, because I know that it will, it will have effect on people. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very you. grateful to be able to have the chance to share my story with people mm -hmm. and letting people know that no matter what you're going through, it gets better. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Queer Network Podcast. You can follow the Queer Network on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Join us next time for another queer conversation. I'm Justin Gerhardt. And I'm Eddie Fritz. Welcome to the Queer Network Podcast. Join us as we explore queer in the 21st century. Hi everybody, welcome to the Queer Network. My name is Justin Gerhardt and I am here with Matthew Puccini. Did yes, I say that yes, right? Yes, you did. Like Puccini, the, the... Like the composer. Yes, yeah. absolutely. No, no relation, Are you sure? I'm, I'm pretty sure, okay. um, but if but anyone wants to tell me If it gets you in a room... It does, sometimes. Then yeah. use it, right? Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> a little bit about you, Matthew. Where, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, I am from the San Francisco Bay Area, okay. and then I moved to New York uh, a while ago now for film school at NYU. Okay. Um, and then uh, I've been here ever since, and okay. I'm, I'm a, a filmmaker, a mm -hmm. writer and director, mm -hmm. um, and and I'm hopefully in the process of making a feature film soon. Wow, that is like one of your main goals right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The goal is to kind of keep the momentum from the short films and, and turn that into uh, a feature in the next year or two. Um, and and yeah, I, I would say like most of my work is about uh, you know queer characters mm -hmm. uh, and and trying to kind of um, tell more nuanced and. Uh, naturalistic mm -hmm. films that are centered around uh, queer people. Right. Speaking of short films, something I want to talk about today is Lavender, mm -hmm. a short film that you created how long ago already this is? We filmed in 2018, May okay. of 2018, mm -hmm. um, and then the film premiered at Sundance earlier Amazing. this year in January. Um, what is it about? Uh, the film is about a younger gay character who is in a relationship with an older married gay couple, mm -hmm. um, played by Ken Barnett and Michael Urie, mm -hmm. uh, who some people might know from Ugly Betty and mm -hmm. from all of his Broadway uh, success. Cast was phenomenal. Yeah, like, oh, they're so special. Yeah, um, very special people. Yeah, we really lucked out with mm -hmm. the, the three actors that play the central trio because they um, are all openly gay and also all already knew each other uh, mm -hmm. coming into the process of making this film. Right. Um, and so there was just like a lot of trust and intimacy already like as soon as we were all yeah. meeting to talk about the script. Mm -hmm. And um, you can feel it, I think, in the, in the way that the film yeah. unfolds. Um, and uh, so yeah, the film kind of tracks this unconventional relationship um, over the course of its last weekend as okay. it kind of unravels. Okay. When you thought about creating this, what was what what inspired you to create this story as one of your first short films? Yeah, the film is uh, partially inspired by personal experience. Okay. I had been spending some significant time with an older gay couple mm -hmm. in two thousand seventeen. Okay, um, older as in like you know, like late thirties, yeah. I guess. Um, <laughs> well, which is not older old. can be a lot of different. Yeah, things it can be older than me. Um, yeah. but basically, uh, I. The more time I spent with them, the more I was just kind of struck by the mm -hmm. maturity of their lifestyle and their relationship yeah. and um, kind of realized that those were things that I really wanted mm -hmm. for myself. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, you know, there was just like this kind of yearning mm -hmm. that I felt that I think a lot of younger 
queer people feel as they're starting to navigate intimacy for the first time. Yeah. And I, I wanted to put that on screen. Mm -hmm. um, and then also I think just felt like I, obviously there have been many things that have depicted, mm -hmm. you know, throuples or yeah. polyamory or a menage on screen mm -hmm. and, and whatever you want to call it. But right. I, I still was, I think, hungry for something that captured the kind of love and intimacy aspect yeah. of it more so than like the kinkier aspects yes. or the you know capacity for jealousy and yeah. wanted to make something that was really affirming and, yeah. and kind of uh, nuanced about it. Yeah, we live in such a different time where we're not hiding or, or gay relationships they're not trying to hide or like a, an older couple isn't trying to hide the relationship anymore they're actually yeah. celebrating it openly mm -hmm. and and so I think you know there's there's really not been uh, a blueprint of how to move forward in in like 2019, like Absolutely. how we do that, and then how you incorporate um, that generational gap between somebody who's mm -hmm. just becoming who they want to be, as opposed to somebody who's like been gay and known they were gay for the last 40 years. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And I think in the short, you kind of understand on so many levels why this younger person is drawn to them, mm -hmm. um, because I think. A lot of younger queer people are still looking for uh, older mentors yeah. to kind of guide them through their 20s and yeah. however however much longer than that. But there's an, in in an inheritance mm -hmm. that a lot of us are still seeking. Yeah. Um, and he finds that with this couple. Uh, yeah. And in and in return, I think what they get out of it is. Um, a kind of solution to a question that a lot of gay couples I know are asking, which is like, how do we preserve the queerness mm -hmm. of our lives mm -hmm. as we subscribe to marriage? Yeah, and um, mainstream. Right. Or a more mainstream lifestyle, or what can be perceived as mainstream. Exactly. We're not hiding anymore. Yeah. And our life isn't just about sex. <laughs> right. I, I, <laughs> These stereotypes that have like, you know, been placed on us for a reason, but at the same time, it was because everything was so secretive at one point. Yeah. You know, that that was the only way we could express ourselves. Mm -hmm. And yet it is still a way that we would like to still express ourselves mm -hmm. in some way, but that we are so much more than that. Right. Now. Like, exactly. There's, I mean, sex is definitely a part of the film, and mm -hmm. like there is a sensuality mm -hmm. to everything, and we definitely didn't want to shy away from that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, putting it front and center rather than having it be something that's mm -hmm. happening. Furtively, yeah, um, and it's even implied that like you know the the couple's friends know about him mm -hmm. as their third, and right. you know it's not something that they're trying to kind of keep upstairs yeah. in any way. Mm -hmm. How do you think open relationships have changed, you know, in the queer community over the last ten years or like in the last while, like yeah. since even making the film? I mean, we are in such a different time even since ten years ago, mm -hmm. and and it's so much more open. Well, it's funny, it's, it's hard to know how much they've changed because I think what has changed is just that people are talking about it. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know how much the actual relationships are changing, mm -hmm. but I feel like it's now much more socially acceptable to yeah. be open about being in an open relationship. Yeah. And so, um, and, and even in, as we've screened the film, you know, so many people have confided or come up to me after screenings and been like, I've been in a really similar yes. situation, um, gay and straight, mm -hmm. queer, you know, it's, it's, it's something that I think appeals more and more to people as um, our ideas of what marriage or a relationship mm -hmm. have to be are yeah. kind of continued to be challenged. Yeah. Um, and so... Which is great that it's also, it's not just a gay story. It's something that uh, yeah. any kind of identity can can relate to in some way because we, we all want to be in relationships. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. always trying to sort of 
find that line between making something that's like very specifically queer mm -hmm. and like through a queer lens yeah. while also always knowing and hoping that there are universal themes in that that yeah. are just about our pursuit of intimacy and love um, mm -hmm. that can relate to or resonate with really any audience. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we've played like a mix of gay and or queer and straight film mm -hmm. festivals and uh, the, the response has always been uh, you know similar. Yeah. So yeah. The after watching it myself, I noticed that there's like a, a sense of freedom that comes with these open relationships. There's like this, yeah, freedom is the best way to describe it. But then there's also confusion and pain that is explored, mm -hmm. like from from the younger man's uh, perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, there's like such a duality there. I would sort of say that that's any relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think like. In depicting an open relationship, I didn't want to overly glorify it or overly stigmatize it. I think yeah. we just wanted to show something that felt real. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, in, as much as you can in a ten-minute film, mm -hmm. and so it does kind of cover. You, you see, obviously, the the benefits of it and why mm -hmm. these three people ended up in the situation. Um, but then you also see its end. Yeah. We really tried to find that line in the end of how it all went down so mm -hmm. that you know it's obviously sad and you know it, it, it um, people are hurt but yeah there's a sense that all three people are trying to conduct the situation with as much dignity mm -hmm. um, and love for each other as Respect. possible um, and so uh, which is how I would hope people yeah. would do that in the first place um, mm -hmm. showing people another way to communicate yeah it, that it doesn't have to be dramatic and and like over the top that might be the assumption. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that's what open relationships hopefully are mm -hmm. founded on. Yeah. It's like particularly strong communication yeah. between, between the people who are involved. Yeah. So uh, where can people watch this beautiful short film? Um, a couple of different ways. It's still playing film festivals. Okay. Um, so if it's coming to a city near you, then uh -huh. keep an eye out for that. Mm -hmm. um, but it's also available um, on Vimeo okay. and online on YouTube, okay. both on um, Fox Searchlight's channels. Gotcha. Um, the film was acquired by Fox Searchlight out mm -hmm. of Sundance. Amazing. And so it has been, uh, they've been, you know, hugely helpful in pushing Distributing it out there. Distributing it, yeah. Um, and, uh, we even played briefly for theaters, in theaters for a week in New York and LA. So. Amazing, that um, is awesome, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, we'll definitely put some links in the description for you guys to go Please. find the short film <laughs> and then share it with all the people you think need to see it. Yeah. Uh, because I think this is definitely how we learn and grow and, and realize what is possible within relationships and that it's not just this binary idea of, of what we thought relationships were based upon straight relationships mm -hmm. for all of history. <laughs> right, and, and all the media that we grew up with. Yeah, yeah. and all the sh romantic comedies we ever saw growing up. Are you working on anything else specific right now, or is there anything people can look out for? There's a new short film uh, that I wrote and directed, which we're finishing right now. Okay. Um, it's called Dirty, mm -hmm. and it's about That's a... It. <laughs> <laughs> it is, actually. Uh, maybe not in the way you'd think. Um, Perfect. But it's about a pair of high school boyfriends who cut class to lose their virginities Amazing. to each other. Um, and it's, I guess, another sort of effort to put something out there that's um, nuanced and real mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, in many ways like the type of film that I wish I had been able to yes. see when I was in high school and hopefully captures uh, queer sex and mm -hmm. intimacy in a way that feels really like detailed and, and honest. Yeah, because once again, there is not a, a blueprint 
out there much for, for young queer people right now. Like for yeah. those high school students that are actually watching sitcoms mm -hmm. right now. Like it's not, not that we're going to show you exactly how to do it, but we're going to give you some ideas mm -hmm. about how this could look. Yeah. And that you don't have to feel weird about it. Right, exactly. You know, like sex, sex Education on, on, on Netflix is a prime example of a show, I think, that like tackles some really awkward things mm -hmm. and makes them not as awkward. Or like uncomfortable with how awkward they are. Exactly. Or uncomfortable with how awkward they are. Right. I yeah. think just making something that feels realistic and affirming mm -hmm. at the same time can yeah. be really valuable. Hopefully. Amazing. So that is the main thing right now. And mm -hmm. then um, hopefully, uh, you know, getting a feature film yeah. off the ground in the next year or so. So Amazing. fingers crossed. Yeah. We'll Script see. written already or is it? <laughs> no, no. It's early, early stages, yeah. um, but kind of pulling um, some of the sensibility of mm -hmm. Lavender mm -hmm. um, and, and trying to kind of expand that world a little bit. Absolutely. There's yeah. definitely, I, as I watched it, I was like, this needs to be a full film. Oh. <laughs> you could. Yeah, it could be explored. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Let's, let's see if we're up to the task. Yes. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us on The Queer Network. Thanks for having me. As I said, we will put all of Matthew's information in the descriptions. You can go check out Lavender and just keep up to date with, uh, with his next project as he keeps working on them. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Queer Network Podcast. You can follow The Queer Network on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Join us next time for another queer conversation.